This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Calm down. Yeah. Relax. Take it easy. I'm going to vote for Judd Zolgad. That's all no, I'm saying. He's my guy, yeah. He's the man. Where are our young politicians, though, yes. who are Where sensible are and good? That's what, Why are we talking about two guys who are... And, and look, I'm 53, so I'm not a spring chicken myself, but like, where is the 42-year-old who has a vision for the country who emerges? That's my question. Yeah, where is that? Well, the last real young guy, one of the last ones who was very young, elected to Congress was, uh, was this, this guy Cawthorn. You know, yeah. Cawthorn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so he didn't work out that well. No. No, he, you know, he was, he was the guy who, who was in the wheelchair, and I think he claimed that it was some sort of a horrible accident, and he almost died, and it turned out to be something kind of different. Yes. I, I always said that he was going to reappear in, in a play, a classic play, one I actually liked. He was going to do dinner theater with it. It would be, it would, of course, it would be the asshole who came to dinner. Absolutely, it's a wonderful play if you've never seen it. And speaking of assholes, Judd. Um, oh, oh, wow! Oh, good morning, oh, to you no, Where I was going, where I was, wow. going, all it, all it, where I was going was Anthony Edwards. What about Anthony Edwards? Oh, oh f- flipping the chair after he m- missed the shot, and I guess it hit. I guess it hit what? Not one, but two security guards. The yeah. chair did great. Yeah. yeah, he was. He was. Which running. is the yep. magic chair theory? <laughs> What's that? Back into the left. Oh yeah. Back into the. Oh, ba- there you go. Yeah. It's the magic chair because I don't know how that. I I've seen it and it flips up and I. <laughs> You could see it graze one person. I'm not sure how it then deflected and hit the second person, but what the hell? Well, it probably he put a lot of spin on it. You know, it put some English on it. Why is it English, by the way? <laughs> I don't know. Never understood that. That's it, a good question. You know, the interesting thing no was, if you watch, I'm sure you've seen the video of it, but yeah. as he lets the ball go, the, the, the three-point shot, that had it been good, would have, would have put the game into overtime. Is that right? Yeah, would have been gone into overtime. Mm-hmm. As he's releasing the ball... He turns around and starts running toward the uh, the exit. Oh, because he made it. No, no, he. That's you know, what in his mind he, he made. No, it. he knew he wouldn't make it. Oh, really? And he was going into going to the locker room. Really? He didn't. I mean, it was like almost as he shot, he turned around and ran away. Why would he do that? Well, probably because he'd already missed all five three point shots he'd taken. <laughs> well, he probably there just you go. assumed he'd miss that one too. You know why? Be- because. He missed that shot and thought to himself, my future is as a Minnesota Timberwolf. <laughs> there you go. And he couldn't take it. No. My God, that franchise. I just don't, I don't get it. But I don't mean, understand. Yeah. It's, it's just, the thing is, you know, people talk about the great, how great Anthony Edwards is. And, and I've a, I actually saw a broadcaster last night say next year the Timberwolves are just going to have to make sure that, uh, that they build the team around Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards takes 25 shots a game. Right. Uh, how, how would you build the team around him more? And you've already built the team around him, and you're a 500 team. Yep, I agree. Well, because you, cause you, a few years back, we're going to build the, the team around Cat, and yep. I'm going to tell you right now, if, if I could, I would trade Cat. There are certain guys, I yep. mean, we're eight years in, right? I love how broadcasters still talk about Cat like he's learning. This is all, you know, the playoffs. <laughs> he's eight years into his career. Yeah, the cat That's we see new. is the cat we'll get. <sighs> it's, it's, and the thing about the game that really bothered me the most, uh, I'm sure you didn't watch it, Tom. You're not, I don't think you watched the NBA basketball. Not anymore. I used to be a huge fan of the Celtics back in the day. The thing was, every time Towns or Edwards would take a shot, or every time the person they, they were guarding took a shot, they just immediately started whining about the officials. They didn't call them the, yeah. the fall. They did call the fall. And they whined all the way through the game. And you don't see that that much in the NBA. Most players are smart enough to realize you just do your thing. Right. You take the consequences. Not, not these guys. What do, what do they think they're gaining by that, Judd? They think that they well. One is cat just perpetually whines. Yeah. So like cat is in a state of perpetual whine. Like if he's if something goes wrong, he was fouled. Nobody flails his arms more than cat. As oh, far yeah. as you know, oh, yeah. woe is me. Um, I am just personally, and this is not new, but 
From a player to a fan perspective, I am so tired, though, of bitching about officiating. The Wilds <laughs> doing it now. Yeah. The Wolves are yep. doing it. You know what? Officials have been flawed forever. Right. They will continue to be flawed. And it to me, I'm not sure what you guys think about this. I just think it's the laziest excuse to say, well, the officials screwed us. Well, how about you didn't play well? I mean, two nights ago, the Wild played a just horrendous game, and they're ticked off about the officiating. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's what, okay, on a list of what you screwed up, that's about nine or ten. You I had think, a terrible yeah. game. And I think Edwards has learned something from Towns about complaining and whining. and it, But a lot of it in Edwards' case, I think it's just about narcissism. narcissism. I really do. I think he just... <laughs> He, you know, he believes that he he doesn't refer to the team as we. He refers to the team as I. <laughs> that's that's hard. It's a bad sign. It is a very very bad sign. I, I just look like I said, and I, I never tried to cover this up, and I'm not a big ass kisser, as you all know. It's just not in my mix. I loved watching NBA basketball until I met a few NBA basketball players. <laughs> well, tell me about it. They're not good people no, in general. You know, it's. One thing I learned about uh, covering baseball, not that it surprised me, but, you know, it's like seeing your sausage being made. You know? Yeah, uh, nah, you don't want yeah. that. <laughs> no, you don't want that. You know, exactly. Mike, that, that's such a great point because I still get questions of, you know, aren't you a huge fan of so-and-so or this <laughs> or that? And I said, once you start to cover or meet the people who play the game, it doesn't – and. I still love sports. So, like, I still love baseball. Oh, yeah. Um, but this whole notion of, you know, I'm going to go get this guy's jersey and blah. I think the problem is once you meet them, and there are some, just to be very clear here, you know, there are some good guys for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, but, there are some. But you also but you also <laughs> are always inclined to sort of think fraud. And, you know, I'll never forget going back to 2000. So I, I covered the uh, Packers for the Strib which was a weird experiment, 2003 and four, And I covered Darren Sharper there. And in 2005, Sharper signed as a free agent with the Vikings. And I came back and got on the Vikings beat. And at the end of the year, Darren Sharper, and you talk about narcissists, you talk about, you know, pulls me aside and says, you know, it's been great to have a familiar face around. I knew, I knew you in Green Bay. It's been, thank you, you know. Darren Sharper was a serial rapist. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you know, and, and it has always been said that sociopaths are the most charming people in the world. That's what they say. Uh, well, unless they're committing a Good crime. Brittany. Yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa, do not. I will not be in the same paragraph <laughs> that that just went down in. Yeah, well, uh, you just were, Brittany. So, I uh, cannot. Yeah. For a, a short time, I was uh, working at a, a, a liquor store and... Um, Darren Sharper came walking in and I sold him a bottle of wine the day before all that oh. came out. Oh, yeah. He came in, it was like 11 a.m. He just had on a pair of sweatpants and a sweatshirt. The nicest guy ever. Big smile, go. taking photos. I was like, Darren Sharper's the man. Like, this guy's great. Isn't that amazing. The next day, they literally announced that he is going to be arrested. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. And just think, you're, you're fingerprints were on that bottle of wine mm -hmm. that could have gone the wrong way for you that's true yeah and especially since it. i was at his house drinking wine with him it was <laughs> awful <laughs> that yeah. this jokes are getting weird <laughs> but you know speaking of football players mm -hmm. this is a big night especially for judd right oh, oh yeah. yeah draft night yeah first round of the draft and and yes as um as a result, we're going to have our second annual Surly Brewing Draft Party with our uh, Purple Daily Crew start at 6 o'clock. Park Tavern, 11th frame. Here's the best part, though. Unlike the Vikings party, we're not charging you to get in. See? We're not charging you an exorbitant fee to come watch. Just come watch. It's free. We'll enjoy some Surly's, and it'll be fun. I'm going to be there in the 6 o'clock hour, and then I'm going to get out of your way once the draft starts. Again, you can stay if you want, you know. Break it down, Tom. <laughs> we'll see how you behave. Uh, that's all I'm saying. Uh, yeah, that's a good so point. So who are the Vikings going to take? <laughs> Ooh, um, good question. This draft is actually, dare I say it, as a veteran of covering drafts, this draft is actually one of the most potentially chaotic I've seen. I think it's beyond who are the Vikings going to take. I think it's are the Vikings going to trade up right, right, yeah. or trade back. But they definitely want... Their desire, if they can do it, is to get a quarterback. Well, there's there's a lot of them available who are all ranked pretty high. Really? Yep. 
There's four of them. There's four of them ranked high. There's a fifth who's actually been projected to the Vikings potentially at 23. But I I just like the fact that you know for the first time since 2018 that there is a a football staff here that is trying to at least say you know Kirk Cousins is aging. He hasn't won really. He's Ever. won regular season games. That's not good <laughs> enough. Yeah, I like the fact that that this team is trying to identify a quarterback. And you know the incredible thing? The incredible thing is this. If you really think about this, the Green Bay Packers now just ended a 30-year run of basically two guys, right? Mm-hmm. Favre, Rodgers. Right. The, the Minnesota Vikings, I don't think it's hyperbole to say, have not had a real franchise quarterback since Fran Tarkington walked away in 78. Not even Tommy Kramer? I love Tommy, but he wasn't a franchise. Yeah, quick. Yeah, and Culpepper, Culpepper could have been, was tracking potentially to be, but then he can't be one because he, he got hurt in, what, his fifth year? Right, right. You know, I think you need at least, what, eight to ten years, Mike? Uh, so. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with Fran Tarkenton. He was, he was, he was a good friend of mine. And Tommy <laughs> Kramer. Today's sports hero. Usually, usually I do the vintage Hartman, but then I decide I might as well do the the, the old the hundred year old. <laughs> yeah, the hundred year old version. I understand yeah. that absolutely. I used to love getting calls from Sydney. I just because yeah. I knew when I when he was calling me, it was a complaint about something. Usually yes. me, right? No, he never complained about you to me. No, he <laughs> just never. Just everyone else. <laughs> no, he did not to me. But uh, Sid, Bernard, uh, let me ask you a question. The poll ads are some fine people. You're ripping their team. They're getting mad. I said, Christ, if they can't, if they got billions of dollars, why would they get mad at a morning disc jockey? I wouldn't. Well, maybe he was talking about the auteur. Yeah, maybe. He might have been. Well, that's a possibility, actually. Yeah. But I, I just, uh, yeah, said, I do miss Sydney. I'm telling you, Sydney, my brother, died within a 48 hour period. Mm. That's really? not fair. Yeah. My brother never died thought. four hours later. Two, uh, two days later, Sydney died. The day after. I never, day after I never thought day. Sid would die. No, I, I know. Oh, no, no one did. He was a C-note. Well, you know, as I, as I always said, you know, he, he decided he, would, uh, he was never going to die because within a month after that, he would have to stop writing his column. I don't know if it was only a month. It might have been longer than that. <laughs> uh, just the fumes. He could write a few. His yeah. column appeared the day he died. It did, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Think about that. He was in the Sunday paper, and that afternoon, they announced, Chad came out and said, my dad passed away. Chad. Chad's a good man. No doubt about it. we got to take a break. Mm-hmm. He'll be right back. Judd's going to be with us. Mike Gelfand's going to be with us. Rudy, Brittany, some pain in the ass. I don't remember what his name is. Oh, Tom, that's right. That's you. And by, by the way, I just realized how we got screwed with the, you know, they were talking about Cat, mm-hmm. Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. I'd be Tomb. Oh. That sucks. TMB, Tomb. That's not fair. <laughs> not, that's not great. And they call, it's, you know, they call Anthony Edwards Ant. Ant, yeah. But, but if he were a baseball player, they'd call him Eddie. <laughs> they would. They would. They yeah. would, you're right. So at least basketball has fairly creative nicknames. That's true. We <laughs> shall take a break. Be right back. Judd's with us. Mike's with us. And we'll be right back. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. Listen live at TomBernardShow.com or on the Tom Bernard Show app. It's the Monkees, celebrated by Mickey Dolenz. Here we come, walking down the street. Saturday, April 29th at the Pantages Theater, Minneapolis. Mickey Dolenz plays tribute to the iconic group and his bandmates in song and memory with unseen images from the Monkees. Get your tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster. Talek presents The Monkey, celebrated by Mickey Dolan's Live. Ever heard the expression, go with a leader? Why do people say that? I go with a leader because you don't become one unless you're doing something right. And in the world of auto dealerships, that means you can trust they're treating their customers right, their employees right, and must offer value that makes more and more Minnesotans want to come back to do business the right way. 
The Nissan stores of Walzer Nissan last month were three of the top four leading sellers of Nissans in the entire state. Now, I don't want to say who was number one, because I don't want the guys at Nissan Coon Rapids and YZ to get jealous of Dan Rush in Burnsville. I'm Tom Bernard. My whole family owns and drives Walzer Nissans, and this April you can get 0% financing for 36 months on Rogues and Altimas, plus an additional $500 bonus on any trade-in you make. Even if you have to push it onto the lot, you still get at least 500 bucks on your trade. The leaders of Walzer Nissan Burnsville, Wyzetta, and Coon Rapids do things the right way. The Walzer way. So go to walzer.com and select the Walzer Nissan store nearest you. Oh, and tell them Tommy sent you. 0% financing for 36 months, $27 per month per 1,000 finance on approved credit. The new Tom Bernard Morning Show is proud to have partners like North American Banking, Bradshaw and Bryant, MyPillow, and attorney and advertiser Dave Bialke. I've been advertising on Tom Bernard shows for years. I like Tom, not just because he's a good guy, but because the ads I run on his show bring me new clients that are hurt at work and need legal help. Tommy B works for me. Grow results for your business by partnering with the Tom Bernard Morning Show. Visit TomBernardShow.com, keyword partner. All right, Judd, you're not going to tell us who Minnesota's going to draft, but you're going to tell us how you've been staying so healthy, right? Absolutely will. That's thanks to my friends, of course, at Livia Weight Control Centers, who helped me drop off. 40 pounds more than a year ago now. And the most important thing is they are going to not only help you drop the weight, we've all dropped weight, but keep that weight off as well. Sustain it because that's what they're about. It's called a weight control center. It is not a diet. It is not a fad. It is very, very effective. And right now, if you join three months for free, that's right, 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com. Livia, L-I-V-E-A.com is your first round draft choice to weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. I love that song. That I've mentioned this once or twice before, that for six years when I lived in New York, for six years in New York City, my next-door neighbor was Joan Jett. Never even saw her once. <laughs> that's a wild <laughs> statement. Now, that's that's Not, my idea of a great neighbor. Yeah. yeah she was oh, her if brother. Only, if so only. True. Her brother would come over and, like, make sure everything was good. I never even saw her in the hallway. Never. That's wild. In six years. Do you think I should be worried that there's a guy who has knocked on my door probably a hundred times in the last three Ooh. weeks? What? Why? That's yeah, not good, Mike. No, yeah, like eight times a day <clears throat> knocks on the door. What does he want? I have no idea. Do you want me to come over and talk to him? Yes. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yes. Hell yeah. I could do that for you, no problem. So like what time? Oh, all day. Uh, basically on the hour. Really? Yeah, and then he usually gets off about 5.30, he leaves. How old is the guy? Uh, yeah, Probably about 35, but it's just a guess. Oh, I, cool. I haven't seen Took him to kick closely. him in the nuts. That'd be good. I don't even bother to go to the door, you know? You no, think, God, no. He might be one of those people that's trying to buy people's houses in the neighborhood or something? Yeah, I mean, he could leave a leaflet or something. Yeah, yeah that's, that's super Not weird. that, it's, it's not very that creepy. much. Yeah. Not that much. I might call the cops, actually. Uh, you know, I'm thinking about maybe it's time, yeah. I've you know I've taken a, a couple pictures of him, but oh you have, but it's they're not great though. Well, like I said, I can come over and say I did that. You know, I did that once for Scott Jameson. Uh, I remember the, the program director at KQ. Yeah, yeah. It was a guy that was threatening his family, so I sat in a chair in his driveway for two days. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and the guy never came around again after I suggested you shouldn't come around here anymore. Yeah, that was two days I sat in his driveway. <laughs> I like that. Well, I'll start taking a log of exactly when he shows up. Do that. Yeah. Mike, like... I'm not kidding you. I don't live that far from you. If you ever have no, a problem with this bitch, just let me know. Well, Sounds I'm... like you have a hobby now. 
uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's it was for the first week it didn't bother me too much, but now it's been like three weeks. That's weird. <laughs> it's like eight times a day for that three so, weeks. Uh, That's what? crazy. Do you think he's just a fan? Maybe. Well, I, that, I mean, a lot of things have occurred to me. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, think but so. he might be a fan and, and yeah. with ill intentions. <laughs> exactly. You know what? In two thousand and twenty-three, mm-hmm. there is no reason, in my opinion, unless you're expecting company, yeah. no, to ever knock on no. someone's door. You're right. Or to answer it, I refuse. For the most part, to ever get my, my door because oh, yeah. my theory is they're trying to sell something or kill me. Yeah, Both are bad. I think it's a good assumption. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, the thing is, like, I figure I've been in that house for like 25 years. There's probably been, you know, maybe maybe uh, 15 occasions, uh, not recently, when I would go to the door, right? Not once was I happy that I had gone to the door. Yeah, yep. I know. I know. So there's no reason to ever go to the door. I don't. No. I mean, if they want to leave, if they actually want to talk to me or have something, they can leave a note, right? But this guy yeah. never does. That's And you have no idea what the hell he wants. Well, I, I don't. You know, I, I, I ask people, like, well, what do you think? And, like, some people say, well, he's probably, like, a, uh, wants to serve you with a subpoena or something. No, that's no, not it. because they could just mail that. <clears throat> yes. They, you know, they knock on the door a couple of times, and they just, I think, I think that's how it works. They just mail it. Because otherwise, people, you know, would never have to, would never have to answer the subpoena. Just don't go to the door. No, true. So I don't. No, right, exactly. So I don't think it's that. I, I you know, a, a crazed fan. Well, uh, they would have to be crazed, that's for sure. But I, I, I don't think so. It doesn't seem quite right. Yeah. But it's weird that he just he knocks on the door and he does he does the knock that I will, would never in my life answer that one. It's like that. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. that's oh. the one. Yep. Usually, oh, it's, usually it's the guy who it's usually the guy who wants me to sign the Greenpeace petition. You know. Um, sorry to interrupt, but Jerry Springer, we just had announced that he just passed. He died. Jerry Springer died. Yeah, Jerry Springer, legendary talk show host and former mayor of Cincinnati, has died, according to the statement from his family. He was seventy-nine. Oh, I would have thought he was older. Yeah, I would have too. Tell you the truth. By the way, let me go back for one second and wrap up Mike's story. Yeah, mm. sorry. It's not that I'm a tough guy. I just have a 357 Magnum. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well, I'm probably going to get one. <laughs> <laughs> it is time, baby. So Jerry Springer died at 79 years old. I, we used to have him on the, on the queue a lot. Yes, yeah. He was days. always a great guest. Very nice guy. Very, you know, really decent. And Ronnie uh, Ron Majors, you know, Paul's older brother. Yeah, well, sure. Was at Channel 5 back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, shot uh, the news in the same building that Springer shot the Springer show. Ah. And every day Springer would walk by him and go, Ron, I don't know, man. I don't know if I can do this show much longer, but I'm, I'm making like $15 million a year. <laughs> <laughs> so well, that's a pretty good argument. Yeah. That's pretty, even if you don't like doing the show, just, you know, keep, uh, keep doing it. Well, the thing about Springer was that I always felt was that he was a guy who was filled with shame. Yeah, he, I understand what you're saying, but he did do a couple of weird things when he was mayor, didn't he? I guess he did, yeah. Yeah, I heard yeah. It. it was kind of a weird did setup. He, but he was great did on Springer, TV. Was Sergeant. he the first to sort of perfect that, like like the just ultra-aggressive show, you know, yeah. like, we're, we're going to find out who the dad of this kid is now? Yeah, uh, and, then, I, <laughs> and then there was always the guy who said, I told you! Yeah, oh, yeah, always. Uh, yeah, the I, fights were the best, though. Yeah, when, they were. When yeah. security would bolt on stage prematurely oh, yeah. lots of times. <laughs> yeah. Before the fight even started. Before, yes, yes right. they'd, and they'd be running around trying to, like, screen out like it's a basketball player. Jerry, 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 Jerry. I always wondered how those kids would react later in life when they saw this guy on video saying, you know, celebrating because he wasn't their father. Yeah. It yeah, isn't that nice? Mad. Yeah, that'd be hard to take. I'm really happy I'm not your dad. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I don't know what the hell. It all works out in the end, correct? Um, uh, yes. Not for Jerry. No. No, well, 79. Well, that's a, yeah. 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 He's going on to the great reward, Rudy. I, I think Nikki Haley predicted he'd die. <laughs> yeah, Nikki Haley thought he was going to die. That's exactly right. After all, he right. was a politician. That's true. He was. Yeah. Yes, he was mayor of Cincinnati, was it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was mayor of Cincinnati, yep. yeah. Whatever. Nice man. Never met him in person. Or did I meet him in person? Maybe he came in the studio one time. I, I don't remember. remember. You met him at a brewery. 
Did you? No, no. you did. Yo, joke. Remember how you say you've never been to a brewery? <laughs> oh, that's the shot. Okay. Shot fired. I didn't know they were breweries. I'm sorry. I thought they were fake, like, things. Jerry. No, yeah, you and Rudy. Jerry, 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 Tommy, Tommy. Yeah, thank you. Thanks you know so what? That would be, wouldn't that be a hell of a pitch for a local show? A Jerry Springer-like show, Tom, that you host, oh. you know, like at Channel 5. I'm just saying, I'm five. throwing it out there. I'm throwing it out there because you know people would watch. Oh, It'd God. get huge numbers. Yeah, that's true it would because I would go after the guests and all that stuff. That would be fun. You know, I am still watching reruns of Cheaters. Cheaters, God, oh, I haven't seen that in a long so time. Oh, that dude best. got stabbed. I yeah. know. What? what yeah, happened? that guy got stabbed, the host. Oh, well, gee, I would never have seen that coming. Uh, was it, <laughs> exactly. Judd, wasn't he on like a dock at the time? Like, he yes, was, he, was yeah. going on a, he was about to go on a boat and he confronted the guy and he pulled out a knife and stabbed him. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's a dangerous job, man. I've never been stabbed. I'm very happy about that. That's, that's not true. I was stabbed. I forgot. Yeah. Yep, I stabbed in my foot. We were playing, what's it called, mumbly peg? The mm. la- is it like lawn darts? <clears throat> no, it's you take a knife and oh. you, you throw it in the ground and you, whoever can stretch their legs out the furthest wins. Okay. Only when the guy threw it, it went right in the top of my right foot. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. It's like, nice throw. You don't want that. I got, I got one scar on my hand from getting stabbed. Yeah. Were you got stabbed yeah. there? Yeah, my 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 best friend's girlfriend stabbed me in the hand. Were you blocking it? Uh yeah, yeah. yeah I went yep. up and she st- she stuck it and the knife stuck in. Ah, and so many after wow. qu- so many questions. Yeah, yeah we, we yeah. It, it's a <laughs> long you. story. We can get into it afterwards. But yeah, there's still one scar there. And then uh, yeah, so I had to go to the ER and I, when we pulled the knife out, it was in the kitchen. <laughs> so we pulled the knife out and oh. blood just went all over the linoleum floor. Oh, and then I had to Jesus. go in and get my hand stitched <clears throat> up. I had like 31 stitches through my hand right now. Wow, here. that's a lot. Really? Yeah, yeah it was a big one. Next yeah. time, keep the fork in the finger. Yeah, yeah. all right, just keep yeah, it in right, there until yeah. you get to the hospital. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that'd be the way to go, yeah. yeah. Did she remain his girlfriend? For about three more weeks. Whoa, yeah. that's a lot. And why did, but wait, 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 why did you get stabbed? It feels like he sh- should have taken the knife or fork, not you. Well, like I said, Judd, there's a lot of ins yeah. and outs to this story. So <laughs> I was going to say, did you see here the, he, you know, the hint when he was like, we'll talk about it off. Yeah, I'm still here. trying yeah. to get more. I know, Judd, yeah. you always are. Mm-hmm. Well, it's in my nature. I see my, my stab in the finger story is very quick. My friend Chris Adams stabbed me in, uh, in my middle finger when I was 13. Uh, the reason was he was eating a, a, a tuna casserole at the time, mm-hmm. and I mocked him. For eating tuna casserole? Yeah. And so I was left with like this, you know, a lot of mayonnaise in the cut. Oh. I'm be honest with you. If you're going to have tuna casserole, it has to be made right. Otherwise, it sucks. Yeah, I'm sure there's it was good. good there's know. a good way to make it. Yeah, but no, if you his, don't make it right, it's his terrible. His mom was, was a very good cook, but okay. I just thought it was funny. I, you know, my, my mom had never made a tuna casserole. so No, I could see that. Yeah, so I just, I, I, what I did was I sort of joked about the ethnic cultures and the clash. And oh, so he Jesus. just, so he just took the knife and he stabbed me. Why did people get so touchy far. about that stuff? I don't know. Well, we were good friends. It, it didn't, it didn't hurt our friendship any. I well, whatever. <laughs> I suppose not. But uh, what the hell? So, Judd, what time are you heading over to uh, to the Park Tavern? Probably around five o'clock. You over there a little early. Yeah, we're we're going to do uh, what essentially amounts to a meet and greet uh, at six o'clock and then start a YouTube show at seven when the draft starts. And I think the, I think the draft is always estimated to be about a four hour affair. So yeah. it'll probably go till 11. Now last year, the Vikings traded back to the last pick, which seemed like it was bad until we realized that that not only kept the crowd around, but it kept them buying beer. So Surly was very happy. Oh, yeah, Surly they would were be very happy, happy that, Because yeah. by the 32nd pick, it's like, yeah, whatever. Do you have any idea who the Vikings are going to go with? I don't. I think, if they, I think if they trade up, that there's a chance that they're going to go after, or a good chance that they're going to go after quarterback, this Anthony Richardson kid from Florida. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. he's, he's big now. I think they like. He's sort of a Culpepper type. He ran like a 4.0, didn't he? Yeah. In the yeah, 40. 
he's fast and he's strong. The accuracy is considered to be a potential problem, but I'm guessing that the Vikings, <laughs> because their coach is a former quarterback himself now, this Kevin O'Connell, yeah. uh, might be convinced that he can fix him. If they stand pat, I think they'd probably take a wide receiver 23. But I also think that there's a chance, because they have just five picks in the entire draft going into tonight, that they right. just trade back, Tom. And and accumulate more picks, and again pick near the end of the first round, something like that. Yeah. So, what's, is there a huge difference between twenty three and thirty two anyway? Um, in this draft, supposedly not. That's what I heard. Yeah. 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 So it's it's not like a big it deal goes. Anyway. They should do that. Yeah, it goes from. I, I think that the largely a, the group of players from like the mid twenties into like the second or third round are seen as as comparables. So yeah, it makes it makes sense to get more picks because i mean yeah after all this entire process as mike knows is a complete crapshoot like you have no idea sometimes what, it's what, not like it's a sure thing what always amazes me is they'll say and the minnesota vikings with the 32nd pick take brian dunworst from carolina a&t and the fans boo like, who's ever heard of the guy? How can you boo? They don't even know who he no, is. No, how, how yeah. can they? I, I don't right. get that. This used to be done on a Saturday afternoon in like, a, in like a conference room in New York, and I think pre-82 was not televised, though. That's the, that's the funniest thing about this. Yeah. It's turned into this massive event that's now farmed out. You know, the, it basically sounds like after the Super Bowl, the draft has become the biggest thing to bid for. Everything is monetized now. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Big dough. No question. You got to hit the road, Judd? I, I do indeed. I will I talk to so. you all on uh, Tuesday. I'll see you tonight. See you later. Thanks, Tom. Judd's all good, ladies and gentlemen. Score North tonight at Park Tavern. 6 o'clock start, 7 o'clock start to the draft. It'll be a good time. If you've never been around these guys, they're really, really good people. Yeah. Well, not Declan because he, no. he's about 11 years old. Yeah, I think he has to stay in the bowling alley. He can't yes. go in the bar he area. Go, he's too young to go in the bar. <laughs> he, honest to God, he's 30, isn't he? I mean, I think he is. I think he's like 30 years. Yeah. He looks like he's about 15. It's annoying. It is really annoying. It's like, what do he you do? Tell from, me your regiment. Suffers from youth, as they used to say. Uh. So you guys have any... Because I don't really have... Uh, a pick here, uh, and you're like, oh, they should take this guy, that guy, whatever. I don't really have a favorite. Do you, Mike, at all? Not really. You know, I the guys I know a little about would be would you know would be like the the running backs mostly. Because yeah, true. Those are the guys I kind of look at and think, oh, I might want to take him in the fantasy pool draft next year. But that's about it. I the other guys, like I said, I mean, uh, an interior lineman. I yeah, I, I know nothing about. I don't even know what they do. Why did you have to bring that up, by the way? Because I'll never, ever get over I know it's been only about four decades. Mm-hmm. Why you'd give the ball to Brent McClanahan instead of Chuck Foreman, I will never understand. <laughs> I'm never going to get still, over that, Mike. Still mad at that. Forty years later, I'm still <laughs> pissed off because McClanahan fumbled and mm. the Vikings were never in that game again. Yeah, it was bad. Oh, that was tough to handle. But that Bud did that kind of stuff all the time. Yeah. Bud did a lot of this is me, not you. Yeah, that's why a lot of his players were not fond of him. Yeah, a lot of them were not. I know his kid's a nice kid, though. Yeah. That's all I have to say. Oh, good. Uh, if you were desperate to find the best psychic, Mike, what would you do? I would probably uh, see a shrink. Okay, good. That's <laughs> what I thought you were going to say. Uh, proven results? Would you look for that? Yelp reviews? A PhD? A man in LA named Mauro Restrepo? Who was Restrepo? There was an original Restrepo. Yes, there was. I'm trying Who to the remember. Who was that? Restrepo, yeah, absolutely. It's a famous name. It is. Had just filed a third lawsuit against a psychic for defrauding him of $1,000. Well, wouldn't filing three lawsuits cost more than $1,000? Well, you have to assume he's his own attorney. Yeah, maybe. In which case, he's a fool. Yeah, that's case, <laughs> sucker. Uh, causing emotional distress. Morrow says his ex-girlfriend hired a witch to place a curse on him. Uh, and he does, See, we hired a witch to read all of the uh, emails. No. Oh. <laughs> ah! Oh, you're what do you so think of sweet. that, sister? You know what? Not wrong. <laughs> not wrong. You're not I'm, wrong about that. I'm fine with that. Uh, so he went to a psychic named Sophie Adams, where he found uh, who he found through Google. She had a PhD, which she had uh, required special schooling. She said that, so he chose her. Sophia told Morrow that he would remove the curse. Uh, he could remove the curse by purchasing a $5,100 crystal from her. 
5100 bucks for a crystal. 5100 That's insane. Yeah. A lot of money. He gave her a $1,000 down payment and took the crystal. I know this will probably come as a shock, but the crystal didn't do anything. Mm. And Morrow thinks he'd been duped. He's demanding $25,000 in damages. Uh, Sophia's lawyer said she uh, didn't swindle Morrow, and he gives the uh, crystal back. She'll return his money. It's unclear how Morrow has been able to refile the case again and again. A judge previously dismissed the claim, saying he lacked the evidence needed to move forward. I am so happy that I, you know, because I grew up a Catholic boy, and there yeah. are some, some people that follow the Catholic religion get a little weird about stuff like that. But I never, the psychic thing, I yeah. never understood it. Where does that come Are people so desperate for happiness? Yes, yes definitely. Is that what it is? Yeah. And solutions, true. right? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's true. I've got a lot of friends that are into this. A lot of oh, friends. Oh, into psychics? Psychics mm. and like, they go to these energy healers and they have these things. It's like cords or something tied to them and curses that they pay people to take off of them. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I I've, no I've never done any of it, but I have a lot of friends that are into the crystals and the, and, and you know, more power to them. It's not that different than a lot of things. If you want to believe in something, sure, why not? I suppose that is yeah, true. You but could, You could relate it to religion if you wanted yeah, to. Yeah, sure. that's true. I'm not doing that. I just want to No, see no, it. I understand what you're saying. <laughs> I don't think there's any question about it. What does FOMO stand for again? You told me. Uh, fear of missing out. Fear of missing out. The latest food trends, 77% of Americans are, have FOMO about it. I can tell you that everyone in this on this podcast right now does not have. We are not FOMO people. No, we we're are not. are fine. No. I know Gelfan and you both have fear of being invited. Um, <laughs> yeah, being invited is a bitch. That <laughs> uh, is true. Well, I, actually, it really bothers me when people don't invite me. But you don't want to go anyway. Well, that's the thing. They know I'm not going to show up. Exactly. So why the not just throw extend it out. the invitation? Invite me, and then I won't come. Yeah. There you go. I like it. Uh, people experience FOMO about a lot of things, travel, job opportunities, social gatherings, local events, not being Amish. I don't get the joke there. I think it was supposed to be a joke, and it just kind of fell flat. When the Internet feels like the bane of your existence? I don't get that at all. What the hell does that even mean? For most people, the Internet is their existence. Yeah, exactly. Uh, in a new poll, 77% of Americans uh, on social media say they have a fear of missing out on the latest food trends. Well, if it's a food trend, why would you miss out? Go yeah. buy the food. Go buy the food. Yeah, and, sim and given that my doctors have given me a list of seven foods I can eat. Yeah, there's only seven left. So I don't really worry about that too much. Sounds like that includes uh, both the impressive stuff people make and post photos of, like your sister-in-law making omelets without them falling apart, to the dumb TikTok trends, like putting ketchup on pancakes. No way. What? There's no, no way. thank you. I draw no. the line. I love pancakes. Don't be talking oh. about putting ketchup on pancakes. Why yeah. would you? That combo is just insane. Same. Sounds terrible. Blueberry pancakes. Is there anything better? Plenty good, man. Among people who admit to having food FOMO, 57% of it uh, attempted to make the food at home themselves, and they uh, average trying four recipes a month uh, that they've seen online. But uh, keep in mind, social media isn't always what it seems. 73% of people admitted to spending extra time preparing their meals just to make them more picturesque mm. for social media. I again, I will say it. Digital is going to destroy the earth. There is no question about it. You care more about what it, your food looks like than how it tastes? Well, remember, Jesus, when, when Facebook started to get real popular, it seemed like everybody that I knew was posting pictures of their dinner. Mm. Yeah, they were. Yep, yeah. you're right. I we, never understood that. We have to take our last break. Be right back right after this. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. Listen live on the Tom Bernard Show app or at TomBernardShow.com. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, president at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company. As a community bank based right here in the Twin Cities, we believe in taking the time to get to know our customers and their businesses. And part of that is hiring and cultivating a team of experienced lenders when your business banks with us, you're not training in a new, inexperienced banker. In fact, our bankers have worked with many of the same customers for years, earning their trust. We get to know you and your business, and you get to know and rely upon us. When your business is looking to capitalize on an opportunity or solve a problem, we'll be here to help you. Tom here. I know Brad and Mike, and I trust that with my banking, they've personally delivered on everything they've just said. 
So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell and MyPillow are launching MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes MyPillow even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with the brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. Say goodbye to tossing and turning and flipping your pillow over in the middle of the night. And more great news on the MyPillow 2.0. Buy one, get one free offer with promo code TOM. MyPillow 2.0, with its temperature-regulating technology, is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcast square to receive the MyPillow 2.0 buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Promo code TOM or call 800-516-5146 to get your MyPillow 2.0s now. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. Mike Gelfand with us, of course. Rudy's here. Brittany's here. And uh, town forces argumentative parents. To, oh, yeah, I saw the video. Did you see the video of this last night? It's pretty incredible. It's yeah. disgusting. Yeah. Okay, but wait. Tell us this. what it is. All right, I will tell you what it is, and then you should. Oh, just just covered my screen with breaking. Jerry Springer, longtime talk show host, dies at 79. Uh. So they're covering that big time. Town forces argumentative parents to be umpires at Little League games. Parents have been uh, caught on camera yelling and fighting with game of fi- I mean, fist fights, too, by the way. Well, that's mm-hmm. a tradition. It really is a tradition. I mean, baseball it? is a sport of tradition, so I, I, I can't approve of this. Whatever it is, I can't approve. Who doesn't want to sucker punch an umpire? <laughs> well, you know? I, I've, it's been the other way around for me. The umpires sock, sock <laughs> yeah, you. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Little League season is underway in one New Jersey town. No, what a shock in New Jersey. <laughs> New Jersey. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're going to have to get Sansevier's uh, view a, of this oh, one. Oh, yeah. Flip a table. Sanny, Mr. New Jersey himself, is introducing uh, an ingenious rule, new rule to crack down on misbehavior after parents were caught on camera berating and yelling at referees and umpires at youth games. Not only that, they were slugging it out. Referees and umpires are often volunteers, and there's been an increase in resignations with the rise of shouting matches. It's an issue impacting the Little League players in Deptford Township, New Jersey, a suburb of Philadelphia, where two volunteer umpires have quit in the last week. They're coming here. They're being abused. They don't need that, so they're walking away. Deptford uh, Township Little League President Bon, you ready? Hmm? He's from He's from New Jersey. The Deptford Township Little League president, Don Batsufi. (laughs) Donnie Batsufi told Philadelphia ABC station WPVI. Uh, So now the Little League officials in Deptford Township have created a new and innovative new new, uh, solution to combat the trend. If a parent or another spectator fights with an umpire, they have to volunteer to officiate themselves for at least three upcoming games. You're not allowed to come onto our complex until you complete three umpire assignments. Once you do that, then we'll let you come back, said Botsufi. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's just, there's the video of this thing. Rudy, you saw the video? Yeah. It's just, these people act like it's the World Series for Christ. I cannot. It's I like, would be what? mortified if oh, yeah. anybody yeah. I knew or what I, I would. I don't even know how I'd react. Yeah, if they want to take it a little step further to really keep parents in line, your kid can't come back for three days. <laughs> oh no! Could you imagine? See? Yeah, well, there's be no a way. A little unfair, but uh, well, still they would keep parents in line because their kid. They need parents thrive on having their children participate in sports. Yeah, and it's the time away from the you know yeah. the house, all mm-hmm. the things. However, I have a different perspective. Of here. course, you do. As a uh, as a little league co- coach for many, many, many years. Um, you know, uh, the only thing that I'm really known for, besides, of course, many first place uh, trophies, of course, is the fact that I was once kicked out of a game by the umpire. So that's people say, "Oh, Gilfan got kicked out of the game," and uh, I turned it into sort of a joke. I hid behind trees and stayed to watch the game. Uh, yeah. So what's wrong with that? Nothing. The kids, well, kids were just cracked up. They loved it, you know. And that's the thing you want to do as a coach. You just want to let your kids have a lot of fun because not only is that what it's all about, but they play better when they're having fun. A lot of coaches have never realized that. Coaches will sit there and they yell, "Concentrate, Billy!" You know, no, you don't say that. No. You, you distract them. 
You don't, you don't go with that. So this umpire happened to make three ruling mistakes on one play. And so uh, I was a little upset. Right. And I tried to explain to him what the, what the uh, rule was for the in-field in, in fly rule. You know, it's, it's a rule that a lot of people don't understand. Right. But to make three mistakes on one, on one play is, and I, I just said, I, I just I came up to him, I said, you know, you're probably going to be in the Cooperstown Hall of Fame for stupid umpires. Oh, oh he God. liked that. He said, you know, no one's ever done this before. It's almost impossible, impossible to make three mistakes on one play, but you've done it. Yeah, I'd have to agree with the three mistakes on one play is a little difficult to do. There were three elements to the infield fly rule, and he blew all of them. How? So he just thought he'd... He didn't know the rule. He didn't know anything about umpiring, but he thought he'd volunteer anyway. Well, well no, he wasn't out. volunteering. He was getting paid. Oh, he's getting paid? If he, he was didn't... volunteering, it would have been another matter. I wouldn't have said much. Well, yeah, I would have been. But he was getting paid? Oh, yeah. It was that oh, bad? Yeah. yeah, they were getting like 60 bucks a game. <laughs> There's a great video of an umpire at a little league game who's about five foot four, smaller guy, and there's parents just giving him the business. And finally, at some point, one mom yells, "Are you just upset that the players are taller than you are?" (laughs) Oh God! And uh, the 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 ump takes his mask off and he looks. He goes, "Which one's your kid?" And she goes, "What?" He said, "Which one's your kid?" And some one of the parents went, "That's him over there. He's the kid like on deck." And he went, "You, you're out." Oh! Kicked him out of the game. Parents went bananas. He was like, "I don't care. Get out. Your mom's a total bitch. She can leave. You and your kid, get out of here." Kicked him out. Love. It was awesome. It's so been, oh, it's because so, yeah. if there's oh, no consequences, we talk about yeah, this all the time. Well, it's like, yeah. it, and I get it. Yeah, it sucks for the kid, but at least the kid is also going to be saying. Knock it off. Yeah. Like we, right. you need, there, there just needs to be, I mean. That or the kid might attack the umpire someday. So there are various possibilities. <laughs> this is true. The, uh, there was a woman who used to harass me. She would sit right behind the screen behind home plate. And harass and you? She, she had a chair she sat on. And yeah, and she would, she had all through the game, she'd say, Galvan, how can you do that to your kids? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So she was a smoker. Heavy smoker. So, <laughs> so one day I'm going, I knew, out, I know I'm going out to the mound and I'm having a chat with my, uh, with my pitcher, you know, nice chat. You're doing okay there, you know, uh, just keep it up, Derek, you know, uh, nothing to worry about. This umpire is not, you know, it's not really doesn't have much of a strike zone at all, but you're doing fine. We'll win this game. Go for it. You know, that kind of thing. And I and then I walk back to Galvan. What are you doing out there? And I and I just everyone's looking at me now, right? As I'm walking back, and I just walk straight back to the screen there, and I say to her, you know, have you ever considered maybe switching to a filtered cigarette? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Paul Mall straights going, did she? Oh yeah. There you go, boy. I remember my old man used to hit the Paul Mall straights oh. like. Oh, my died mother at, did. Died at sixty. Yeah. So there you go. My father was uh, probably about five seven, mm. five six, something like that. Weighed about one hundred and twenty pounds. He must have smoked four or five packs of cigarettes a day. So did he? Um, did he? When, when your mother married him, was that before his mental illness showed up? Yes. I, it must have been. It had to be. Right? I think the problem is, and it's not been good for me, that his mental illness only showed up after I was born. Oh, so, yeah. you know. Yeah. What does that tell you? Mm. Well, well yeah, that's what I was wondering, if it was like one of those schizophrenic things that comes on when someone's in maybe their late teens, early 20s. Yeah, that's, well, let's see. When I was, I was born, my father was uh, 35. Oh, okay. So, no, it wasn't that then. So, but, you know, I wasn't around before, so I don't really know. Yeah, that's I just, true. Yeah. I mean, he was mentally ill the whole time after I was born. Once I realized what was going on, okay. he already had big problems. Yeah, I just wondered if that was, what was one of those things. Because we talked about that syndrome one time. Yeah, we did, yeah. And I got to thinking, and I wondered if that was the case with your dad. The only thing I can say about my father uh, and all that stuff, and it was, it was unfortunate, and by the way, it feeds into the whole thing, and Mike will tell you that's true. My father was a brilliant man. Mm-hmm. He was a very, very smart guy. Yeah. And a lot of the guys that are that smart end up going off the deep end. Mm-hmm. It, it happens a lot, yeah. yeah. It does, unfortunately. 
Like I, Brittany, any minute might just go off the deep oh, end. I was he's just going to so intelligent. <laughs> You're so over the top intelligent. Thank you. But, I you did know. accidentally hit my face on the door on the way out of here when I was going to the bathroom. So <laughs> that's it. You didn't really, did you? Just a little. Like I like thought I had the handle, and I walked, like, and I just did a little hiccup. So there's that. You're going to have to hand over your Mensa card now. Thank you. Uh, I was hoping I would. It's heavy in my pocket. She came one quart short of spilling. A gallon of coffee over there yesterday. <laughs> it was a, an excitable day I've had yeah. recently. I had yeah. eight hours of sleep, which was far more than I've had in yeah. a very long time. And I was, I was just, man, I, every time there was a, I had a big old thing of coffee and I was so excited. I brought it from home. Boom, boom, boom just, it was bad. Well, I, I'm not surprised to hear about the sleep because you are looking especially ravishing Thank today. you. Oh, geez. I've had now like, three no, full nights her. of her oh, sleeping yeah. mm-hmm. for eight hours. Yes. I feel like a genius. And again, this is compared to my baseline. We're just, it's not too far up. Mm-hmm. No, my question is going to be, well, how would you know that? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I, I feel like I can see the numbers. <laughs> They're floating They're right all, there. I can make the connections. I know how to get home without wondering where am I. <laughs> we got time for one more story, and I want to get all three of your takes on this and the listeners, of course, as well. A Georgia man has been charged after blocking the path of a school bus and demanding the name and address of a child who he claims flipped his wife off from the bus. The whole ordeal lasted about 30 minutes. Here are two mothers of kids on the bus, April Baker and Scarlett Rutherford, talking about what they witnessed during the situation. 55-year-old Roger O'Neill Barrett was arrested and charged with disruption or interference with operation of a school, uh, operation of public schools. Hmm. He was charged with interference with operation of public schools? Well, if you can't get the kids there. I suppose, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's right. So do you think the kid flipped off his wife? I, I, why else would he do that? I hope, I hope he did. I hope he did. This <laughs> yeah. guy sounds like such an a-hole, and I bet his wife is just a pill. So I'm, I, hope the, I hope he did. That, that, what do you mean you hope he did? Or I, did I not? hope the kid did ho- flip him off. He because, had it coming. Yeah, because why? I mean, why else would a jerk do this to little kids? Like, come on, are you so special that you can't be flipped off and I your know. wife can't be? What a narcissist! How crazy! Screw this yeah, guy! I, yeah, it's it's just insane, isn't it? When you drive behind a bus, like a a kid, a bunch of th- four or five kids looking at you on that bus, that is the most vulnerable situation you can be in, and you have to accept anything. You know that you don't look cool. You can't like sit. Mm-hmm. You you just accept whatever happens to you. And if you get the finger, okay, like right. what? Yeah. But you also know that like they they're winning. There's four kids looking at you. What look- everyone operating a vehicle needs to know is that there are 450 million guns in this country. There yeah. are indeed. Yeah. That's a lot for only uh, what eight and a half billion people in the world yeah well and most of ours are in the- how many lead, people live in america the world now? now don't we in guns no oh, do we know per capita maybe not i don't know we're close if we're not there that uh, yeah i don't know what that situation is but what's the population of america now like 270 million or something or what is it uh, i think 350 yeah i think we're around 350 million oh it's 350 now yeah. okay three- god i haven't checked it a while apparently <laughs> i haven't checked the population <laughs> in a while 30 years that yeah, probably has been 30 years since it was at 270. But Although, of course, uh, it was, you know, the population really swelled, of course, during the uh, late 40s, early 50s. That's, that's true. when all the boomers, uh, when we were born, got back were from the World War II. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got back from World War II, and there was a lot of stooping going oh. on. I've always said you guys are the problem, so I'm glad we came to that conclusion by the end of the show. Boy, look at the time. I'd love to stay and talk more, but we got to go because the show's over. <laughs> okay, boomer. Okay, boomer.